Hey, it's Paul. And Shamina. And welcome back. We're here for Head Boss in Charge. Yeah. <laughs> that, was, that was not <laughs> enthusiastic as my intro. No, it's not. I mean, you have reason to still be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, <sighs> how are you, boss and Shamina? Um, I'm all right. Um, I've been sick for like the last three and a half, maybe four weeks, and um, I am not sure that I am getting better, and. Um, so in that sense, I haven't done very much. Uh, it's like I did something, um, last week I went to see Michelle Obama in Oakland. Um, she did, I guess she's doing a tour. I don't guess she's doing a tour. Um, this is like pre book So I envision she'll do it like once her book comes out later this year in the fall. Um, and she just sat down and had an interview and talked about her life, um, both inside, but mostly outside of the white house and like, um, family and marriage and career and what it's like to be a black woman slash a woman of color in like the working world. So it was really, really good. Um, I probably shouldn't have gone cause that's when I, um, I had gone to the doctor that day and they were like, you should, you need to go home and not be at work for a while. Um, but, but I, it, I was like, but I got the tickets. Like I have yeah. <laughs> later tonight, so I'm going to go. And then I'll like heed the advice um did you show up with one of those uh uh masks over your mouth <laughs> like the no but i probably should have to be yeah. real honest um but my cough was fairly contained i had cough drops and whatnot so it was like greatly under control than um the few days before then but it was so good um, I actually saw her drive in. We met up with some friends there. So mm. They were like, you need to get out of the road because she's coming. And I was like, like she, like her, like herself, like she's coming. Um, and then she drove by. Well, she didn't drive. Um, <laughs> drive six by. Seven, um, vehicles that drove by and I could see her. Like she wasn't looking around, but I could see her face. And I was like, oh my gosh, she's watching me eat in and out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not even anything classy. You know, like I was eating in and out, like on the side of the curb. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it was it was such a good time. Um, really good. Love her. I cannot wait for her book to come out. Um, and I think I feel like it's already like a bestseller, like in terms of pre-sale copies sold. And the book ain't even out. Like we, it's like not out until like October, November or something. Oh, damn. Okay. Yeah, but um we're thirsty um so i'm looking forward to that but other than that i've been sick so like i can't hear i was just telling you before i can't hear out of my left ear it's done um my voice is a little bit deeper like and I, it's not like i haven't been talking today but every man wants yeah. a woman shut up <laughs> okay candy <laughs> um <laughs> so um yeah that's essentially not not much going on here not in the least um how you bossing Doing well. I'm literally just waking up from a night filled with drag and dance and success. Um, and I feel so good about it. I uh, performed uh, this past weekend at my home club, Oasis, did um, for Beyonce tribute night. And of course, that night calls um, my name. So I, I did a great job. I had so much fun. I had backup dancers. I did a, a medley of Ring the Alarm and Diva. 
Okay. Um, Ring the Alarm is so underrated, but anywho. It really is. Um, so I will, um, I'm still waiting for the video, but I will definitely share the video of my performance um, on my Instagram or whatnot, so you can check it out. But um, Janae Arabesque is getting better and better every, every performance. So, um, and now I get to take a break because that was two weeks of intense rehearsals, getting my outfit together and all of that. So now I'm gonna take a little break before I get ready for my next project. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. It's just, you know, going through uh, what I'm going through with like anxiety and whatnot. Um, I was able to express a lot of the things that I'm frustrated, frustrated with through my art. And okay. it's, it's very um, therapeutic. Uh, I need to get back into it because for the longest time, I was letting my struggles inhibit my creativity, but I, the creativity is what I need to release it. So it's, it's very ironic how the mind and body uh, counters itself. Yeah. Well, it's, all, it's ironic, but it's also like, in that irony, it also makes perfect sense that it informs how you kind of live out loud. I don't know. That's all like, <laughs> maybe it's the meds. I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that like makes absolute show. sense. I get it. Like, Art is life and life is art. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it makes sense. It really does make sense, even in the irony of it. And water cooler talk. So for our segment this week, I've been really. Um, touched with the spirit (laughs) and this idea of my no means no and my yes means yes i've been kind of struggling a lot with that in my professional and personal setting um i think as i've gotten older i've just been really tired of explaining and adding justifications to my decisions I can understand why that may be important in a work setting, but even in a work setting, I don't, I am getting exhausted by explaining myself all the time. And it sometimes comes off as I'm explaining myself because you don't trust my word. Okay. That's, that makes sense. Okay. Right. Yeah. And like, what, what, what is that about? And I want to unpack that. So I want to dive into this idea of, uh, let's talk about, um, speaking our truth and living in our truth and then this idea of um yes yeah, so my like when I say yes that's it and I wanted to stay at yes or when I say no it's no so um, my very first question about before we even get to the questions the thing that you said about um like explaining yourself because someone maybe doesn't trust your word <coughs> to just be like to jump off kind of deep I and I thought about that just for that like nanosecond of in the times where I felt like I needed to explain myself I know I don't always know if I trust myself in what I'm saying like I don't always feel confident like I need to give uh, an answer or an explanation when I say something and I've noticed that more as I have kind of switched roles for a little bit right now of when people are sharing things with me they like if there's a silence it's immediately you know you know, um, followed by like, and these are the 17 reasons why blah, da, 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 rather than like, this is it, the end. So I think it's, 
I've, I've experienced it on both sides of like, it's uh, maybe the person isn't confident and I can see and I can read that in them. Um, and then sometimes I don't know that I'm confident in what I'm saying. So then I feel like I need to justify it and make you, the listener, believe me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so that, I didn't want to lose that thought because I don't have pen and paper to, to jot down notes or anything. But Yeah, no, and we'll come back to that because I, I, there's, there's a subtext to that disbelief that I want to mm-hmm. explore more. So um, I, I guess I, the first question is more about uh, in what arena do you feel that, and maybe you don't struggle with this right now, maybe you, you feel pretty confident in it, but I guess in speaking your truth, um, in what arena do you feel like you have to um, kind of navigate that the most? Is it in your professional life or is it in your personal life? This idea of yes it means yes. Um, I fully feel that in my professional life. I don't in my personal life. Um, Cause I'm cool with the like, yes or no, thank you without having to give any sort of explanation, <laughs> excuse me, which has certainly taken some time in my personal life. But yeah, just like, I don't really, I, I thankfully I'm not in the FOMO feeling and I don't think, I don't know that I've ever had that. Like if my yes is a yes, if my no is a no, if I, if I want to connect or if I don't, then I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, professionally is certainly where I feel it. And I think, Part of it is in this immediate moment, because I'm in this altered leadership role where I have more responsibilities and more people need things from me and I'm sitting at different tables. Um, But I think just generally across the board, being a woman of color who identifies on the LGBTQIAA spectrum, like all of those things play a role in... um, how I feel or how I respond to something. Um, and it's, it's a lot to navigate. I can't even say juggle because then I would be dropping whatever I'm juggling, but it's a lot to navigate like all of me showing up without one of me taking one piece of my identity, taking the lead or being perceived in a certain way. Does that make sense? For sure. So. Uh, I th- like that's pretty much the subtext I was referring to as I think those preconceived notions of, you know, oh, you know, women don't, like, they're not saying this out loud, but they're thinking subconsciously, like, you know, not trusting the words of women because, you know, maybe they're linking certain attributes. And so you have to justify even more to compensate for all those misconceptions out there. Yeah. Um, Well, like, I can't be angry because I'm Black. Mm -hmm. I can't be emotional because I'm a woman. And I can't... um, I don't even know how to describe like the gay part of it. You know what I mean? Like not that there's a separate gay part, but like all of those all together, like I feel like I'm, I have to walk on eggshells to try to say the right thing and to not make somebody feel a way about my perceived tone or my perceived tenor of what I'm saying. Um, or how I, in the simple way that I deliver information can be like, and this is what it is. And then we're going to move on because sometimes there's not, there's not room for a dialogue. I was meeting with someone the other day and they were like, well, I should have been consulted on this. But then I had to go through and explain, like, I wanted to be like, first of all, I'm the boss, <laughs> the end. <laughs> um, but I didn't say that because it didn't, it wouldn't have helped the situation. But then I had to review the like 
times where like there'll be times where you are a part of the decision making. There'll be times where I will, you know, I may consult you and there'll be times that you'll be expected to follow a directive and to, to do it. Um, because in the seat I'm in, I, I am the decision maker. I don't always have time to consult and whatnot. So I, just like I receive things, we're all in, like, we all report to somebody more or less. And sometimes they're just going to hand you something. You're just going to be expected to do it. So, yeah. For me, for me, I, right now, <laughs> it's more of an issue in my personal life. So um, I actually gave up drinking for good. Okay. Um, it's been a month <laughs> um, and I'm really proud of myself for that. Um, I just, right now, um, yeah, I just, alcohols just fucks up with my emotions and <laughs> um, mental health. And it's right now for me, I'm just, you know, kind of side noting. I just like having that clear state of mind and the ability to be in control. So mm -hmm. anyways, so uh, where this has come up a lot, so interestingly enough is, uh, I'm, you know, I still go to bars and clubs. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't need to drink alcohol to have fun in those spaces, which I'm so glad that I've been able to overcome that. And it, it, it makes people feel uncomfortable when I say no to a drink and then it's the why I'm like, uh, they ask me a question like, Hey, do you want, you know, some beer or whatever? I was like, no, I'll just take some, you know, soda water. And they're like, why? I said no, bitch. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want any. And it's like, I, it, it's like, it's kind of like that, you know, how they say in sexual, with our sexuality, we have to, we're coming out every day, right? Mm -hmm. And I kind of related to this is where I don't want to say, like, go down this whole story about why I don't drink. Like, you don't need to know that, especially if you're a stranger, <laughs> you know? Like, you know, yeah. if I say no, I don't want to, like, just, just believe me. Like, why do I have to make you feel comfortable? And that's what I uh, concluded at the end of the day is that they may feel uncomfortable with that decision because um, yeah. they're projecting maybe their own insecurities on me. But I think there's also this weird... I don't know, and maybe you can jump in on this too. It's like, do you think people have this need to know, like when they don't need to know information? Um, well, two things that you said there. One, I, I wonder if some of that comes with, like, I, I was going to try to doctor this up, but with age, because I'm thinking where I am now, like in like the age spectrum, like nobody gives a damn if you're drinking or not. It's like, okay, soda water, lemon, lime. Okay, good. So I wonder if part of that is, and I'm also not a, like a go out person anyway. So I'm thinking in my circle, literally no one asks like it, why you're not. Mm -hmm. So um, I wonder like, as you progress through your, uh, you know, adulthood, the folks that you surround yourself, that will be less of a focal point. Um, but I also think that people do feel uncomfortable, but they, and they feel like a, there's a need to know, like, regardless of the level or strength or depth of your friendship or relationship with them, people I think are pretty nosy. Um, and they want to know why you made that decision and like, is it something else? And so I think some of it's like just getting to the T of it. Like, what is it? Like, do you have a problem? Like, you know, should I not drink around? And then they personalize it. Should I not drink around you? Or like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, um, 
I don't feel when you drink, like it doesn't, it doesn't impact me a bit. So, but yeah, I think people just on a need to know, like they feel like they need to know and they don't, it's none of their business. Like until you just said it, like for that, I'd been a month. I didn't know none of my business. Like what, it doesn't change my wallet. It doesn't change the way like our friendship goes. Like, okay. Like if that's what you're doing more power to you and if i want to do that then well i've been on meds so i can't do that (laughs) (laughs) um but if i wanted to do something i'm gonna do it regardless you know but yeah i think it's a a nosy thing it also may be like a the the culture of like going out equals like some sort of like mood or mind altered state you know what i mean like be it drugs legal or not alcohol like whatever level of consumption i think it's a it's a culture thing like the culture of like going out and being in a bar and you know being out after dark whatever like Mm -hmm. you're going for drinks as opposed to like maybe you want to go out for tea like maybe you want to go out for ice cream which is what i do um quite often (laughs) again not recently because i haven't really been out at night i haven't been out of the house very much at all but i think that's part of the culture of it but yeah i think people are generally nosy yeah. I'm not excluding excluding myself from that, but I'm nosy to a degree. Like, there's a lot of stuff that I don't want to know about people, um, and just don't care. So, so, kind of related to that, um, I mean, do you have any um, kind of tangible anecdote of where someone was really challenging your authority or your decision that you made, and it led to this kind of spiral? justification do you have like a story or example um i don't but i'm sure i'm trying to think of the last time someone like questioned my authority so for lack of a better term um it was maybe like a week or two ago in one of the few days that i've been at work in the last little bit because i've been i've needed to stay home um i had written an email to someone and it was like, I, you know, I said, you know, for the future, if you could be mindful of this time frame, blah, da, 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 da. It wasn't like, it was just, it was fact. Like they were a few days late on something. Is it at the end of the world? No, but it had a ripple effect too. And so I was like, and th- these are the reasons why, like, it's, it's important that you're timely on this for payroll purposes so that this person can make a clean separation from the, from the institution, blah, da, da, da. Fact, 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 right? These are all facts. Um, <laughs> and then the person wrote back and I was like, thanks. Or I, th- I usually um, end an email with best comma my name. Um, Cause I think I'm the best. And then I emphasize my name. Um, although I think I'm thinking about using regards so now. Um, what'd you say? That's so cute. <laughs> um, in case you forgot. Um, so then I, the person wrote back this thing. They're like, you know, Thanks for doing da 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 da. I'm concerned that you are accusing me of blah da 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 da. So I don't know if it was more so like asking, like challenging my authority, but I feel like they wanted me to explain why I wrote what I wrote. And so this was my quick tip on how to resolve that. I read the email, I filed the email, I moved on to the next email. Number one, the person did not ask me a question. So there was no requirement for my response. That is, mm. And then the second was like, I don't have time to go through and justify. I said what I said. You need to be more timely on this because this has larger implications than just you. And I realized that at that point, that person was possibly taking it personally, that I had um, 
pointed out a behavior that didn't match up with what we needed. And that, that's a fact. That was, you didn't do this. Okay, my, part of my role is to say, hey, in the future, be mindful of this. Because if I don't say anything now and it happens again later, you're gonna be like, well, I did that last time. So I have to address those things as they come up. So again, I don't know if it was a direct challenging of authority, but somebody was trying to invite me to a fight and I was like, no, I'm gonna follow you away in case this comes up later and I'm gonna move on because it didn't need to be addressed because I said what I said. I, yeah, I, <laughs> right there. I love that, especially like, I think we're, um, we get caught up maybe in this, because uh, sometimes I, I submit and I'll explain, but then I realized, wait, they didn't even ask me a question. <laughs> I'm explaining myself. Like, I think, um, and we've talked about this before, this idea of being in the defensive mode. I think, mm-hmm. especially depending on who that person is that like yep. questioned us, I, and they're not really questioning us. They're just maybe, they're just stating a concern. I've definitely found myself be on the defensive and I'm like, well, because A, B, and C and da, 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 da. And I don't yeah. need to do that. I need to stand in my truth and be comfortable with what I said and not even show them that <laughs> there's any doubt. Yeah. You know, another thing that I've done with that, when folks, and this happens a lot over email, and they'll get hyphy over email, and they'll start to like, they'll read like some slick shit in an email. And so I'm like, first of all, I know you're not going to say this to my face. So I said, you know, this seems like a, a, I'll respond and say, you know, this seems like a better conversation to have in person. Let's find some time to connect face to face. And then I stop typing and I take my hands off and I'm like, and I'll see if you say what you said to my face when we meet. <laughs> and then I say, best, Shamina. Um, <laughs> and then the in-person conversation, whether or not they have one, because sometimes they'll be like, oh, well, I don't know that it's that, you know, you know, serious to have an in-person conversation. So I'm like, and then I'm like, okay, cool. I'll consider this matter resolved. And then end it right there. Because I'm like, you didn't really want to say something to my face. And I'm not saying like, I'm a fight. Like, if you say, say it to my face. But really, like, if you're going to say something, back it up. Knuck if you buck. I mean. Right? Hello. Seriously. <laughs> um, but most times people won't come by and say what they, or they'll say it in a very different way to be like, well, I didn't mean to say, and I said, well, what you meant to say didn't come off in that way in this email because your email came off as kind of tart and a little bit disrespectful. And yeah. I can take that, but what we're going to do is talk about it and not just have you thinking that this is an okay way to communicate with someone um, if they're not sitting in front of you. So take these thug fingers and back it up a step. I don't ever say that. Um, That would have some some repercussions that I'm not prepared to deal with in person. Um, But really, it's this, you know, I'm going to stand behind this, like, email and go back and forth, and I'm going to CC a whole bunch of people on it. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring this conversation offline because that's not appropriate. Because I can't convey to you my level of festivity or what have you over email. And I'm damn sure not going to have a paper trail about it. Uh -uh. So... So an example I have um, that's um, kind of a little fresh, but I'm going to speak a little bit <laughs> in vague terms. I, I control a lot of processes and systems at work, and uh, this is kind of the too many cooks in the kitchen example where um, I'm or- organizing an interview process that does have standard protocol. Um, there's like a search committee and other people have to prove decisions of the search. Mm-hmm. 
but um, scheduling is a nightmare, especially when you're dealing with academics. Oh, Lord. And it's like, I have the bird's eye view of everything. And a lot of times people will question my decisions around that. And they'll state those concerns. I'm just like, this is wasting my time. I don't need to justify why I chose this time. Mm-hmm. All, all you have to be concerned about is, do you need to be there or not? Right. <laughs> you know? Don't be concerned about other people's like situations or whatnot. You don't think I, I could see that already? You don't think that's why I was hired into this position? Mm-hmm. I, like, it's a waste of my time for you to be sending me feedback on something that's final. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's <laughs> when they're meeting. Like, uh, you said that's final. Like, okay, sis. Right. So it's just like, why? if you want to do this job, go ahead and take it. If you think you want to do the scheduling, fine. But, you know, when it comes to scheduling, it's not going to be you know, not everyone's going to be happy. I'm trying yeah. to choose the best case scenario so that we can make this thing happen. Yeah. Hopefully all that makes sense without the specifics. No, but. that makes absolute sense. <laughs> um, so you know what? Okay, this is like a, a pet peeve, if you will. So we have at my institution, we use um, Outlook, right? There's a feature on Outlook that has, it says schedule assist, right? Mm-hmm. Thereby, like if I use, so if you and I were setting up a meeting, Technically, I should be, if you're, we're using the, the software that we are provided as part of our job to update our calendar so our whereabouts are communicated, our meetings are scheduled somewhere that, you know, if somebody needs to get a hold of us, yada, 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 right? Mm-hmm. You know, one might assume if you are using the schedule assist to schedule a meeting and you have nothing in that time slot, then that, thus you are available, right? That doesn't mean you're not working on something like doing the project or working like to move something forward that maybe doesn't involve other people, but- for all intents and purposes, you are available. Then don't send me something back that says, oh, I have a meeting at that time. Well, you didn't use the tool that you have been given. And I don't know, first of all, I don't know why you're writing your stuff down in a paper calendar, not helpful. Um, when you have, you either need to develop a mechanism to put people's names on there and code them or something, or to put that you're unavailable, like student meeting or committee meeting or whatever the case may be. But I had somebody come back to me the other day and be like, well, I'm not available. Well, your calendar didn't reflect that, that as such. And so this meeting is going to happen. I need you to be there. Perhaps for the future, you might want to consider using the tools that we have provided you as a university to reflect your whereabouts. <laughs> but all this other stuff of like, child, if, if I'm using everything I have available, I'm not going to call 12 people to try to get a calendar, uh, something on the calendar or it's just, it yeah. baffles me the amount of extra hoops that people, I'm like, in the time that you wrote me this email, you could have been here. You could have rescheduled whatever it was because you're going to have to reschedule it anyway. So. <laughs> oh gosh. I, now I see we're like getting into our bitches of the week. <laughs> Might as well. Um, so my next question is, um, I think, you know, just going back to <laughs> about being a black gay woman, the things that we have to explain are, you know, just in terms of our identities, there's this lack of trust. Um, I want to unpack that more. I, I want to, I, I guess, either in your professional or personal life, where, 
I guess, what identity do you feel like you have to justify the most? I don't like putting things in boxes, but I, mm -hmm. I do think the experiences of each of our identities is, is important. What do you feel you have to justify the most? And I guess, where do you feel that comes from? And have you gotten to a point where you're like, not comfortable with it, but I guess you've reconciled kind of the discord between what how the outs how the outside world is judging you or prejudging you. That's interesting. I don't know that I I feel like I need to justify any one of my maybe most salient identities, but I feel like my identity comes into play um, depending on who I'm interacting or engaging with. So, for example, if I have a a white male colleague um, who believes, not that it's true or not, I will say that. I'm trying to, I'm trying to temper this because um, I don't know who the listeners are, but fuck it, this is my life, so this is the truth of what it is. <laughs> yes. Like, who believes that they know more than I do or am better at, at my job than, they, than I am or whatever the case may be. And then it's like, then that those individuals want me to prove why I have the opinion that I have or the thought that I have. Mind you, I have a wealth of experience. Do I have all the experience in the world? No, who does? Um, even the CEO of any company or president of any company doesn't know everything about every aspect of the organization or about someone's work. So take that as a, you know, obvious point. Um, but I get it in the like, <coughs> Well, prove to me why this is the best way to go. And I'm like, first of all, I don't have to. Second of all, you can choose to go about the work any way that you want to. But if and when it comes to my level, if it's not what I expect and I've laid out the like what needs to happen here, I'm not going to sign or support it. So you can do what, whatever you want to do, by all means. It seems like I had to do this. I did this the other day um, and I was like, we're going back and forth with um, an individual on something. And I was like, it sounds like we're saying the same things and we have different ways of communicating it. Feel free to proceed as you wish or as you best see fit, I think is what I wrote in the email. Best, Shamika. Um, so I was like, there's a point at which I'm not going to keep going back and forth on you. Um, if you can't recognize that I have the experience of X, Y, and Z, and there was a reason that my boss kind of put me as this kind of intercept person to review these things before they got to her, then that's not my job to prove that to you. Oh. You'll see that if I don't sign off or I, if, I, if I'm not going to be supporting whatever you put through. Because I'm not saying you must do this. I'm saying maybe you should consider this and the ramifications if you do or you don't do this. You can do or don't do it if you want. You can make whatever choice you want to make. But at the end of the day, if it if and when it comes to me, if I can't get on board and I can't sign on to it, I'm not. So you've just elongated this process. But I, I think part of that, I think there's a, a racial dynamic to there. Yeah, um, sure. There is a gender dynamic. Um, I wouldn't say there is a LGBTQ um, dynamic. I don't, I don't necessarily feel that. But I certainly felt like... Um, uh, an experience as well. That's not a, uh, an identity, but like someone who believes they have more experience. So, and I'm like, okay, you can believe that. And you probably do have more experience than me in some areas. But again, I've been pos positioned in this role and in this space for a reason. And whether or not 
you like it or you're on board or you're supportive or not, I would hope that you were, but if you're not, I'm still going to be here until I'm not. Um, but yeah, I found myself in those spaces, um, primarily with men. Um, and then sometimes, and that's the men, black men, white men, Latino men, Asian men, um, but a lot with men. So then my, my womanness shows up. And again, I don't want to, I don't want to knock if you buck, like, I don't want to be in that situation because who does that serve? Right. Um, but yeah, that, that was, a, that was in the last probably few weeks that I've had that. And it's, it's, it's that's not unique to my experience as a professional. So that's just the most, uh, probably the one that's sitting at the front of my mind right now. But I'm like, I, what, what we're not going to do is go back and forth on this because you can ultimately make, make your own decision about whatever the case might be. Right. I will support it or I will not support it because it has to go through me. And if I'm going to get questions from the person above me, I'm going to try to intercept those questions before we even get to there. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So, yeah. Not That's, sure if that quite answered your question, but. It does. I think it does. Um, I think, uh, I think you're right. Like it's really like, and I still don't really understand how sexuality sometimes plays into this. I'm still trying yeah. to think of examples. There is something. I just can't really put into words yet. I think the race um, and of course across genders really um, impacts the way our word is received. Mm-hmm. Um, so Absolutely. for me, for me, I, I would say definitely the racial context. Um, I think it, it changes every time I get a new job. It's like I have to start all over again. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of it is, uh, I think everyone has to build that human currency. You know, you, you can get further if you have the human capital and political currency to navigate relationships. And then, of course, through relationship building, your trust is, can be, um, a trust can be given and your word can be understood, but it does take a little longer for us yeah. to build that, that human currency. Like I've seen people make decisions at the table. And I think this is an exa- more of an example of what I'm about to say of uh, trust, like trusting word way too much. So going to the extreme side of like someone saying yes, but like this would be a good time to ask questions and like question <laughs> Like, you really just said yes, and there's silence across the table, and no one has a problem with this. And then me as the the Black person, when I question someone's word, it's just like, (laughs) there's, you know, side eye. I'm like, Mm -hmm. really? You're really going to flip the script on me like that? That makes no sense. I think a lot of times with white men especially, they just have that privilege of no one ever questioning them and then you see these headlines in the articles like the ceo embezzled this much money yeah or they've been over here touching people inappropriately yeah so um i yeah so for me especially um you know being i don't experience it now because i've been at this job for three years but um I, I think how this affected me, and I'm still trying to reconcile this, is I have become a little defensive. Like, I overshare sometimes or over-explain because of, it's a little, it's a form of, like, that trauma. It's just, like, people mm-hmm. haven't trusted my word in the past, and now I might say a little bit too much in an email, or I might say a little bit too much in a meeting. I'm still recovering from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to say that's part, all like, 
all the way my fault. Yeah, absolutely. Combination of myself and the environment. Like you put me in the situation and now this is a skill set that I have to overcome, which is this being on the defensive and explaining too much. And you're over here saying, Paul, you don't, you don't have to say all of that. Yeah. Well, God damn it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I can't help it because that is the image you're projecting on me. Yeah. Well, it's just like what, if you get feedback about something and then you're like, almost you're shy to do something like in that vein again, cause you don't want the same feedback or you don't want the same response. So you're like, let me share everything. So that the, so I minimize the amount of questions that might come up later. Let me give you all of the answers now. So, but you know what's, what's for people who like question authority and do that, or like, um, if they're at like a different, like if they have a different racial background or gender or gender identity, like it's really insidious the way that people go about doing those things and questioning like your, uh, hold on. Okay. Um, questioning you. Um, because it's sometimes these like really subtle digs and that afterwards, sometimes um, you have to be like, was that just me? Or were they like trying to like low key, like come at me like publicly? Mm-hmm. Um, and some people are so crafty at how they do that. You, it will have you thinking like, well, did I mess that up? Um, but and I'm, I, I can't give an example without giving something very specific. Yeah. But I have been in spaces where like even the way that someone asks questions or who they ask questions, how they ask the question, what they ask, if they go down to the little detail as opposed like publicly being like, this should be a colon and this should be a semicolon. You know, it's just, and like who gets asked those questions? Yeah. But people are really, they can be really calculated in how they do that to try to, and I can't think of it as anything besides intentional. And I've seen it happen so much and I'm like, this is so uncomfortable. Like what they're saying isn't wrong. Like maybe it does require a colon versus a semicolon or this should be a comma and not a period or whatever, but it's just the way that they say it. So it's not, they're not wrong, but you see the people who are on the receiving end of that regularly. For sure. Um, and it's, it can be so uncomfortable because I'm like, well, they're not wrong. It does require a semicolon as opposed to a colon. Again, piss poor example. But then, like, what do you say after that? Because they've already, like, come for this person with a red pen. You know, I yeah. don't know. I've been in those, and I'm like, so I've checked in with the person afterward and been like, are you all right? Because that, that, they were coming for you for real, like, for this, that, and the other. And I don't know if you felt like that or like, I just want to like, I'm here to support, like, let me know how I was helpful for me to show up for you. So yeah, it's, it's so like calculated. I mean, I have been guilty of being the person that asks those kind of questions. And I think, and the context for this is there, because I deal with a lot of personnel issues, Mm -hmm. this is like, and this is how I, I'm not that calculating, but if I'm trying to investigate something, especially in a very casual way, it's not through like a a formal meeting setting, I do ask uh, questions in a very diplomatic way, but questions that still make the people comfortable to get Mm -hmm. certain information. But there is a fine line based on what you're describing where it is so calculating, it puts the person in an uncomfortable position Mm -hmm. and, it's really for your own, that person's own benefit, not for yours. Absolutely. 
because they want to be like the star or the most knowledgeable or like the person who quote unquote looks into the most detail of shit. And I'm like, yeah. you know, there's a way to do this stuff offline so that you respect the dignity of the other person. Like if I have something, unless you tell me like reply all with your feedback, I'm probably going to just reply to you and be like, I noticed this, or maybe if you said this in this different way, it might deliver a different type of message, you know? Yeah. Cause you didn't ask me for feedback publicly. You just said, let me know your thoughts again, unless you ask me to reply all, I'm probably just replying to you because there's a dignity in that, you know, if I'm like, I would never in an email be like, this is trash. But um, if, if there's a lot for me to say, because I don't want that receipt to follow me. If there's a lot for me to say in that, <laughs> I'm just replying to you. Yeah. Because I want you, I just want you to see it. I don't need to put you on blast for other people. That's not important for me. Oh, so good. <laughs> oh, so good. There's just like so much to unpack there. So my, uh, just to kind of wrap things up, my um, last question touches upon kind of like the extreme, like this idea of putting too much trust into someone's word. Mm -hmm. uh, the reason why I bring this up is, you know, we both listen to similar podcasts mm -hmm. and this idea of social compliance. Um, okay. I have to, I'm just going to put a little plug. Y'all need to watch this documentary on um, Netflix called The Push. And it's uh, this, um, made by this guy in the UK, um, and he basically convinces someone to commit murder in 45 minutes. And it's actually, he actually does it. What they do is they spend months training actors and putting together a whole scene. Like a, they put together this gala. It looks so legit. And they get this hedge funder to go to the gala because two months earlier, these actors as part of the show said, we want to invest in your company, but how about you come to our gala? Because A, B, and C. And so basically it's about how like, when you put too much trust into, a, uh, into someone, it all starts with small favors. Like, can you open the door for me? They comply. And you can build on that compliance to really get people to do things that they would normally never do. And so it's all about the psychology and also like when you're around people, the things that you do when you're alone versus when you're in an environment where people might be judging or pressuring you. It's so fascinating. And after you watch that, go to Hulu and watch um, uh, Compliance. And it's like a, a, a fictional movie based on a real story about this like, fast food or diner place, I think McDonald's maybe, where um, someone scams them, calls them on the phone, and they say they're the cops, and they try to get them to do these crazy things, and they all comply. It's very interesting. So, what the hell? Yeah, compliance on Hulu and the push on Netflix. So you said start with the push. Start with the push, okay. yeah. Compliance is an older story, and it's it, they try to make it like a movie because it, it happened in real life. But start with the push, so you get all the like psychology. Ooh, okay. And don't watch it at nighttime. It's kind of like a little unnerving. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm sick, so I'm gonna be home the rest of the day. So I'm, probably, I'm gonna try to watch it today because I'm I'm always here for a good documentary. Love a good documentary. Yeah. I'll put the links to the episodes <laughs> in the show, um, the show bio. But I want um I wanted to close this out about um. Where do you think this idea of, I guess, like, why do some people get the benefit of not being questioned? And I guess just as advice, 
when should you question someone's word? Oh, those are hard. Um, I think that um, I'm going to probably respond to them out of order and then ask you for them again. Sure. I think, and I, I'm learning this right now. Um, when you get burned, it certainly causes you to pause and to think about questioning more. So I've certainly been, and I don't know who, who can say like, no, I've never, you know, questioned anything or whatever, um, or I've never been burned. I've certainly been burned and learned my lesson from that. And so part of what I try to do is listen to my gut and then like, is this right? And then if, if it doesn't feel all the way right, I've, I've started to ask questions. Um, professionally right now, I'm fairly new in this, you know, in this role for the, this temporary period. And so I can pull the, I'm new car and I don't know. And I pull that regularly. Um, <laughs> Sorry, something dropped on the floor. <laughs> um, <coughs> but I have been trying to work with myself and work with some of my colleagues to say like, if you don't understand something or if it doesn't make sense, it's so much better to ask. And people can say that's like, you, you're not trusting me. Da, da, da. You're making this about you. And what I need to do is I need to understand in the event that someone asked me about this later, rather than me being like, well, you know, what? I don't know. I just let, I just, it just sounded right. So I'm just going to go with it. So um, when I have approached it with a level of like, I'm trying to understand um, and then asking questions, people tend to be more receptive with that. And if I don't really get it or if, like I have, I know some folks who explain things in really confusing ways. And I don't know if that's to like pull the wool over my eyes or they just don't know how to be succinct. I'm not quite sure. Um, so I have been like, you know, explain this to me like I'm 10 and like I need to understand this because right now, like this math that you're trying to do is like new math that I don't get. Um, this should be a series of pluses and minuses, not like the Pythagorean theorem, you know? And so I have been, especially in this world that I'm in right now, because I can question, because I need to understand things to be able to explain, to support or not support, justify or not. Um, I've started to ask a lot of questions. Um, so people can see that it's not trusting. And sometimes you can be like, it's not a matter of trust or not. I just need to understand. And so I want to be as helpful as possible. And that's really been my go-to probably for the last six months, even a year. Like, I'm not sure if I fully get this. And so that takes a level of bravery to start asking things that are a, a seat. Like I'm sitting at some new tables. And so I've been asking some questions of things that just don't make sense or historical things that everybody else gets. And I'm like, huh? Like just because we've always done it doesn't mean it's working or that we should keep doing it. Um, that's sophisticated snap. <laughs> hey. Um, but yeah, I think a lot of people see that as trust. And I'm like, Sometimes it's just a need to understand and a want to understand so I can help and support. Uh -huh. um, and there's certainly been times where I don't trust like what someone is saying. So I asked them to help me explain it to them. <laughs> just, I I'd probably approach it in a very similar manner of like, help me understand this in the event that I have to justify this to the vice president or to somebody else. Right. Cause I need to make sure that I get it without like an hour's worth of context. I don't need all of that, but help me understand like, Give me five minutes of what this actually is and how this makes sense and how this has been supported before. Um, I forgot just the first question that you asked. 
That's okay. I think you said a lot that I was going to say the second question. I was going to give my opinion on the first question. So the two questions were uh, this idea of just immediately um, trusting someone's word. Where does that come from? And the second question is just as advice to our listeners, um, when should you question? Like at what point? Okay. So um, the first one, I just thinking about the people that I work with and some social situations, there is, I think, one reason. I think there might be sometimes a laziness that comes to mm. not questioning someone's word. Oh, yeah. Because I think I've seen examples where, depending on who it is, it's like, oh, I don't want to go through this whirlwind of, <laughs> <laughs> like, like, we're going to be here forever, right? Yeah, um, right. Because maybe that person doesn't know how to explain things or maybe, like, Whoa. Yeah, you, you want to step out of this and you have no, want, don't want anything to do with it. So you yeah. like are protecting yourselves. But sometimes making that decision might hurt you in the end if you yeah. don't ask why. Um, and then the second reason for this automatic is I think, I'm just going to put it out there. They say, like just literature and studies, that I know that they say that people of color, color um, certain yeah certain races they succumb to authority too quickly just based on kind of our background and how we grew up um i can kind of some of the ethnicities that come to mind definitely the black black community um it's a topic frequent topic of conversation within certain asian ethnicities yep um with authority and that definitely hurts them if they don't question because they believe you're the leader you were elected in this position for a reason um i have you know i trust your every word but that's not always the case Ooh, this is hitting me in a spot right now because as we talk about trusting authority and as you know a black person like you know when you were little at least when i was little it was like and this is this may be unpopular opinion you can cut the tape now if you don't want to listen i don't care um but when you think about authority and police, it's such a hard, like, or law enforcement in general, like we have been like as little kids, you know, before nowadays when they're senselessly killing black folks primarily, um, we have been conditioned to like trust in the police that they are going to keep us safe and not question authority. And even now, like, you don't know if you question authority, if you're going to make it out of the situation. Yeah. You know, and if you even if you say nothing, you still don't know if you're going to make it out of the situation. So it's just like this really jacked up place to be of like, do I say something and risk my life or do I not say something and still risk my oh life? Oh, my gosh. Oh, so my it's gosh. like like. You die on one end and you die similarly on the other end. So, like, what do you do? So and like, just. Yeah. Oof. Uh, and just like uh, just small tangent when I think about my no means no and my yes means yes, I know with that interrogation, like when, they, when police interrogate you at the window, they'll take what you say and you try to say something that's very black and white. They take what you say and like, they make it as such a like, oh, so what you're trying to say is, and it's not right. your intent because they're trying to rile something out of you. So it's just like, I'm trying to speak my truth and answer your questions, but you're not trusting my word. Right? <laughs> so. so you're like, uh, do I need to be a minimalist? Like, yes. No. I don't have a response for that. Like, what do you do? You're like right. a rock in a hard place and you're like, 
I don't know. So I didn't mean to take it there, but when yeah. you kind of said like the cultural thing, like that's very much like a, a, a authority is the, you know, you should, you know, fall to what the authority figure says or what their opinion is. And you kind of like fall back and just follow them. And I'm like, that's not always the best way to go. Right. So, oof, Jesus. Uh, yeah. I think how you answered the second question was uh, beautifully said is, um, it is a gut, you know, gut feeling. Like, mm -hmm. when do I question this? Like, I want to protect myself. Another, I think, good distinguishing factor um, is when you're being presented with information, try to think about, like, not like you should just be selfish and just think about yourself, but really honestly think about your stake in the information, right? Mm -hmm. Like, really listen for how does this affect you and if it does affect you then then ask those questions like you got I especially in the professional world you got to look out for yourself like yeah. don't take things for granted um and I just to point out one thing that you said that I really liked is that you know yes they were put into this position and you think you should automatically trust their word but like if they're if they have an ego and they think it's just like oh Ooh. you know and like say yeah you're making this about you right now i just need to understand and if you need to say that just to like decrease that ego a little bit do it because you're gonna have to probably deal with that for the rest of your life in the work setting <laughs> hello um but yeah just you seek to um understand not be understood yeah right shit say that for the people in the back um you know another quick thing as we are i know we're trying to wrap up and close um but I think there's a, when you're, we're talking about trust and authority figures and whatnot. One thing that I am learning and have been really putting into place is not feeling rushed to trust somebody or to sign on to some, something or an idea or a conversation. Um, being slower to think through something and actually thinking through. And I, my mind works at a thousand miles a minute. So I can <laughs> oftentimes think like from here until like the end of a situation six months out. Um, even as I am in that mind frame a lot and thinking things through, I have to remind myself that there is not a rush. I'm, I'm not a doctor, so no one's life is going to literally be at stake for this. Right. Um, and so I can take in information and I can be like, you know what, let me, let me, let me sleep on this. I'm not going to sleep on it because I want to sleep on that. Um, but let me think about it a little bit more. And I can, here's a date and time that I can, I'll circle back around with you. Like when, when you actually need to know, as opposed to like, I want to know right now. Um, mm -hmm. that has saved me so much to be able to be, to stop and be thoughtful about what I am considering and what my actual stance is and to think as, as well-rounded about the situation as I possibly can. So that's another maybe tip in terms of trusting folks, being slow to think, um, and taking your time and being thoughtful as opposed to like just spilling out your gut reaction. Um, because again, your decisions, um, is, is likely not going to literally save a life in terms of like oxygen yeah. blood scalpel etc yay thanks for <laughs> wrapping that up that's so great um good advice um we are going to take a break and we'll be right back
All right, so um, today we have a game. Um, so I have uh, I have a Twitter account. Um, we have a Twitter account. And so some of the people I follow, a lot of the people I follow are funny. Um, and I so somehow follow a lot of people, like chefs and people who cook. Um, not that I'm replicating their menus or anything because they're like actual chefs and using like duck confit um, and stuff like that. But there's someone that I follow. Her name is Angela Davis, but she's at the Kitchenista. Um, low key, every Sunday she posts like, what are you cooking? And then you see her menu and then people like, she retweets what other people are cooking. <laughs> Clearly hers looks amazing. And then you see a few struggle plates, but she is there for the support and whatnot. So she did one. Uh, she said, let's argue. So right now it's, um, it just ended March Madness. And so that's when the 64 teams go into the NCAA tournament, men's side, women's side. Um, and then they play down to the championship game. Mm-hmm. And so she started at the, sweets, the Soul Food Sweet 16. Um, and so it's broken down into four categories. There's the desserts, there's the side dishes, there are the main dishes, and then there's brunch. Uh, I love this. <laughs> um, so I'm already hungry and I've been following this thing since she posted it, like near the closer to the end of March. So you can feel free to give an explanation or not, but I'll pick mine. And she's been a voting thing. It's, it's got like thousands of comments and votes on each of the pairings. So we'll start with desserts. Okay. Sweet potato pie or banana pudding. This is where you answer. <laughs> Um, does the banana pudding have like the crunchy base, like any kind of like, uh, these uh, are words you take it into the sweet potato pie or banana pudding. I'm going to have to go with sweet potato pie. Good answer. Um, peach cobbler or pecan pie? Peach cobbler for sure. Right. Okay. So we're on the same page. Um, so we'll roll into side dishes. Um, uh, potato salad or collard greens? Collard greens. Yes. Um, candied yams or baked baked mac and cheese? Baked mac and cheese. Okay. This is going well so far. Thank you. Um, okay, main dishes. Barbecue chicken or smoked turkey wings? Barbecue chicken. Okay. Okay, this is going well, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure how this was going to go. Um, <laughs> next pairing, smoked ribs or fried fish? Smoked ribs. Okay. Ooh, that's our first. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the first uh, level of uh, descent, if you will, and that's okay. Okay, you said fried fish? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm going to have to go with smoked ribs. Okay. All right. Um, so the last category is brunch. Salmon croquettes or shrimp and grits? Shrimp and grits. Right? I don't know why they put salmon croquettes in brunch. Yeah, I don't think I've had that as a brunch menu item before. (laughs) I've had it for dinner. Like, it's a main dish. Yeah. Um, And the last one is biscuits and gravy or chicken and waffles. Chicken and waffles. Right? Um, I feel like the biscuits and gravy is like... Dinner. East of the Mississippi. Like, you get Midwest East. Like, Mm -hmm. I I don't see a lot of chicken and waffles or uh, biscuits and gravy here. Yeah, they and they like to do that in hash. Isn't hash like a Midwest thing? Yeah, I'm not a fan. Me neither. Personally. Um, okay, so that was that'll take us down to the Elite Eight. 
we'll go to the elite eight and we can certainly revisit this next episode because um it's food <laughs> so between sweet potato pie and peach cobbler yeah peach cobbler okay that's the thing i'll let you go with peach cobbler. oh wait hold on we're like near wait no no oh, no, yeah no. no you've only got two choices now Okay, right, because this is the bracket <laughs> system. So, <Yeah. laughs> oh gosh, now you're really making me compete with love. So it actually would be sweet potato pie over peach cobbler. I agree wholeheartedly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mostly because the the versatility of sweet potato pie, because you can have it warm, you can have it cold. cold. It's Puts easy to go. A mode. Yes. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, collard greens or baked mac and cheese. <sighs> baked mac and cheese okay we're gonna go all the way to the winner this f this we're going to the next <laughs> um okay so i'll pick i'll go with your choices for this one because we we okay. had a level of descent um barbecue chicken or smoked ribs oh damn it <laughs> <laughs> and you can all see my face right now uh, um i'm gonna have to go with the ribs Okay. All right. That's fair. I can accept yeah. that. Um, and then shrimp and grits or chicken and waffles? <laughs> I like how you're stuck. You're like, you're like I knew that pair was coming, but... I'm going to go with shrimp and grits. Okay. Good choice. Good choice. Um, especially nowadays, because people be making the waffle as like a Belgian waffle. Oh no! Don't do that. Like, stop! Don't nobody want no damn Belgian waffle or chicken fingers. That's what I don't get. They be doing it's like a Belgian waffle and chicken fingers, and I'm like, I've seen that too. I'm just like, what? (laughs) You're doing too much. (sighs) Okay, so now we're down to the final four. Okay. Okay. So sweet potato pie or baked mac and cheese. Sweet potato pie. Okay. I think I'm going to have to agree with you on that. Yeah. Um, and then smoked ribs or shrimp and grits? Uh, <laughs> um, man, I love me some ribs. I'm a rib guy. Okay, so your ribs? Yeah. All right, so then you're choosing between sweet potato pie and smoked ribs. A sweet and a savory. Right? It's like, you can't meat. do that. <laughs> <laughs> um uh it will ha- well this is soul food i'm gonna have to go with my ribs whoa yeah I'll, even though like i should have diabetes at this point in my life but <laughs> <laughs> that i into i have um but yeah ribs i'm just all about them okay and i would have gone with the pie okay there's something about like because i can eat pie breakfast lunch dinner it doesn't really matter <laughs> It transports well. Yeah, oops. Um, but again, shout out to at the kitchen the kitchenista on Twitter. Um, I'm telling you, if you hashtag hashtag soul food sweet sixteen and then hashtag soul food elite eight final four and the championship, um, mm-hmm. people have some hilarious comments and hilarious. Uh, is it gifs or gifs? Yeah. Gifs because it's a graphic, not a graphic. Let's say it's a gif. <laughs> Right. Um, they are super funny, and I'm telling you, there are thousands of responses. She's been opening polls for each of these on Twitter. It's <laughs> so funny. Um, 
<laughs> and then people were being like, well, it depends on who makes the, like, baked mac. Uh, yeah, people love to throw in the... Right? They're the like, well, how many cheeses are in it? Like, <laughs> it can't just be Velveeta. Uh, which is true. Uh, I'm like, mm. uh, But there's another one. It's a singer sing-off that is, is going to hurt my feelings, but we won't do that today. Yeah, maybe next week. Yeah. That one's, like, super long. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, my gosh. That's super long, and it's so good. Singer uh, song. Uh, singer so painful yeah. at the same time um so if you have any games that you think we can play on this show um send or questions about your professional personal life email us at headbosspodcast at gmail.com Right, so we are ready for our boss ass bitch and bitch ass boss of the week. I have two bitches for the week. Um, the first, I, you know, shortly after we posted the last episode, um, if you don't know this happened, you're also living in a black hole, but if you don't know it happened because you are protecting yourselves from the negativity of the media, I can understand. But um, a young man in Sacramento um, was shot 20 times. Um, for just being on his phone in his parents' backyard or grandmother's backyard, I believe. Um, do you recall? Yeah. I think it was the grandparents. Grandparents. Um, during that week in particular, I was going through my own shit. And like when I saw it happen in the headlines, I just couldn't really, really read into the details. Um, but what I really want to focus on more, like I, yeah bitch to cops and white supremacy and everything like bitch to them for a lifetime but i i want to talk a little bit more about shortly after that was the march for our lives movement and you know guns guns in schools and mass shootings it happens all the time and it's terrible and i'm really glad of i, I love the young kids that are speaking up and going to the podium and representing it's, it's life-changing to get like these 10-year-olds, 12-year-olds speaking. But I um, heard, um, was, some, some of my friends sent me some tweets and videos of just some black people saying that y'all have to remember that although this is important, this is also a black issue. And mm. I don't want you to forget that, that, you know, we are here representing the people, but you need to pull apart and understand the layers to the, to these issues and not just make it about young kids, schools and shooting. Like you also have to call it the fact that black men are being specifically targeted. So when you're up there supporting, um, you know, uh, or being against gun violence, also know that you need to speak for these issues too. So I just wanna say kind of just bitch to this ironic behavior of how we constantly put energy towards things that only benefit the the dominant groups mm -hmm. so, yeah, mm -hmm. everyone's talking about this because kids right i think kids sometimes sometimes tran transcend racial issues but also when you're you know there's so many celebrities um part of this movement and it's all money and attention it's like we have not gotten that really for black lives matter and the things that we do have was started by black people. It's not being started or supported financially by 
um, the, the, the masses. So I just, I'm just saying like, pay attention to how you support, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it makes a difference. And then uh, my second um, bitch goes to, <laughs> I laugh at this, but it's really serious. So um, Melanie Williams uh, Bethia, um, I think is her name, uh, how you pronounce her last name. Um, she's formally <laughs> the director of financial aid mm, at uh, mm. Columbia um, in New York. And she pocketed $350,000 of financial aid money by falsifying documents um, with three or four particular students. She would um, assist them in falsifying information so that she could get a kickback on the extra funds that uh, the students weren't really eligible for. So her, as well as the four students, got arrested um, by the FBI um, for this incident. Um, And uh, she's been doing this since 2008. So over 10 years, which are, is, I can't believe. Um, and just kind of, I'll send a, I'll put a link in the, the, um, the bio, but just reading this quote, um, the, each of the students, it was Anise, uh, uh, Anise Kapana, Carmen Canty, and Kyla Thomas got hundreds of thousands of dollars in undeserved financial aid. Um, the financial aid director was pals with the students she conspired with, going on vacations with one of them to the Dominican Republic, Hawaii, Anguilla, and New Orleans, and going to clubs and concerts with, with the others, according to the complainants. Wow. <laughs> like, what? That's just, wow. So, <laughs> bitch to her. So, that is not representing at all. So, whew, I, I can't believe it. Um, well, I have a few combo bitch bosses. Um, I am going to, uh, (coughs) excuse me, start with, um, around the same time that the March for Our Lives thing was happening, um, Laura Ingram, who is a, um, a host on Fox News on one of their shows, I, I don't know if she has her own show or whatever the case may be, um, she, uh, basically mocked one of the students who was a survivor of that David Hogg, um, tall, skinny, white guy, small purse lips, um, as a survivor of the Parkland shooting, um, an activist and has spoken out a lot. Uh, and I believe it was also at one of the March for Our Lives, um, um, demonstrations, and basically, he was, you know, sad or disappointed or whatever. And he voiced that that he didn't get into a number of universities, specifically in California and the University of California system. Um, so that be that as may. But he, she essentially mocked him and uh, I think kind of like went at him a little bit for complaining in, about not getting admitted. Um, he tweeted something like to be like, really? essentially you were going to like bully me after all I've been through, blah, blah, blah. Again, I don't know exactly what he said, um, but she ended up apologizing to him um, publicly. And then he is basically unmoved by her apology, um, which I really appreciate. And one of the things that he said back in response is like, why would you apologize to me and not apologize to LeBron James? LeBron James, uh, black male basketball player, Um, Basically, she told him he made some sort of comment around a political issue or matter, or maybe even specifically around gun violence. And she, she, I think almost literally said, shut up and dribble. 
like yeah. yeah and so she she did not apologize to him instead she was like come on our come on my show and we can talk politics or whatever and this young white man david hogg was like well why are you apologizing to me and you're not apologizing to him so there's there are elements of that march for your life things where these students who are um a lot of them are white students um are stepping up and being like we have to include the voice of our peers and that means like our black and brown um uh, classmates like how come you're hearing us as white students and we have to recognize our own privilege around that and are they doing it flawlessly no what does flawless even mean but i can appreciate that they are using their platform to call attention to things that are not just specific to them and realizing that we have this platform as white students and maybe as folks who may come from some level of affluency but we realize that there are other people in the world that we need to elevate their voices as well so um I appreciate that they, they are mindful enough to do that. Um, second, similarly, um, bitch to bitch and boss. So a little bit of a combination. So similar instance to the financial aid thing at Columbia, Howard University, I believe is currently still occupied. Um, their students have occupied their admin building, which includes the office of the president and financial aid um, around allegations, because I don't know that I've seen anything specifically confirming that there are any sort of arrests or um, things that are, are anyone's actually been charged. But there is an anonymous whistleblower who alleged that university employees misdirected nearly $1 million in financial aid grants with a large chunk of that roughly 400, a little bit over $400,000 going to one student employee over four years, uh, over the course of four years. Um, and then in the same breath, students have been denied financial aid, but then couple that with a student receiving over $400,000 worth of XYZ, uh, $400,000 worth of financial aid grants, not loans, granted Grant. scholarships. Yeah, these wow. are not paid back. Um, and then there have been a ton of like, because black Twitter is a thing and it's hilarious, a ton of memes around like, apparently he has, like been getting like fancy cards, going on lavish vacations to study abroad, really nice clothes and photo shoots and a videographer following him around. Again, I don't know specifically when that happened, mm -hmm. um, but for someone who may be in any level of need-based grant, this seems unusual is what I will say. Yeah. And his name is out there. It's Tyrone something or other, um, but people have been using, you know, oh, Tyrone. Um, from Erica Badu. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're, right now there are about 350 student demonstrators inside the building staging a sit-in. Um, okay. uh, I believe when they first started to occupy, they used Rihanna's bitch, but I have my money as their song. <laughs> yes. And I'm not even kidding. Like if you look online, you will hear them singing bitch better have my money yes um, in the halls of that building so um, oh my gosh bitch to whatever corruption or shit that's going down at howard university but boss to the students who, who are standing up and taking this into their, their own matters um and then let's see i will try to be brief with these last two one is um and i can't remember what i said about the reboot for roseanne um, if oh, I, was I want to know your opinion. On I that. haven't watched it and I won't watch it. Um, uh, but bitch to her for um, being a supporter of 45. Um, and because this is our show and I have my own opinions, I can say that. Um, there's also a photo shoot that has been kind of uncovered that she did. I'm not sure how many years ago, but she basically had a, the Hitler like mustache, a swastika outfit and little cookies that were 
allegedly supposed to, and I put in air quotes, allegedly supposed to be like burnt Jewish people. What? And that's resurfacing right now. And it's disgusting. That is the least that I can fucking say about that. Um, so, all so I, of, oh, sorry, you're not done. I'm Roseanne. No, but I mean, all that to say that I, I know that that her views around um, 45 come up in the in the this reboot, which I will not I will not watch. Um, but on the New York Times, Roxane Gay, who was an artist, uh, an author, um, wrote a really lovely article around. Um, why she watched the first two episodes because they came on back to back same night, like right after the other, why she um, watched, but that why she will not watch anymore. And it, it was around consuming, like we all have the ability and the right to consume um, like pop culture, be it good, bad or indifferent. But then we have a choice to, mi- to make as to whether or not we continue to consume it and whether or not we continue to support it by ratings and or talking about it. But it's this really lovely article. We'll make sure that the, the, um, the link gets in there, but she just wrote it so eloquently about like, yeah, it was provocative, provocative and edgy. And they do some things that are, that are quite liberal leaning in terms of like some, how some of the characters relationships have played out. And the sister Jackie is one of, um, she voted for Hillary and that was caused some dissent or whatever with her and Roseanne as the main character. Mm-hmm. But she just wrote it so eloquently. And I was like, I can't say it into words. So check out the article. But what were you going to say? Just like really quickly about Roseanne. Um, I, I never was into it. I knew it was like a big deal when it was on, but I I couldn't understand why. And so it premiered last week with two two 30-minute episodes. Mm -hmm. It got 18.55 million views. Those numbers are astronomical for 2018. Those are just the numbers of people who tuned in onto cable television. No streaming or anything. Yeah. And I'm just like... Uh, like that is those are the people who voted for Trump I guess like that's middle America like I just like wow and so yeah well, that that show was really big when I was like coming up like that was a primetime show that people were watching and I'm not, I'm not gonna pretend like I didn't watch when I was a kid as much as my mom would let me but now that I have more of a choice and I know more then I can do more and do better um so Bitch to Roseanne and the views that yeah. she stands for and that really fucked up photo shoot. Like it's pretty easy to Google if you Google it. I'm not gonna make I'm not gonna make sure it's in the show notes because it's inappropriate, um, in my opinion. Um, but that just kind of shows you a little bit more to who she is. And if you choose to support her, because you're ultimately the ratings equal dollars and advertisers. So do with that what you want, you know, proceed as you best see fit. There was another article that recently came out. If you didn't know, um, Lena Waith was on the cover of, oh my gosh, why can't I remember the cover? Was it Hollywood? Not a few Oh my gosh, this is terrible. No. I don't know, she was on the cover of a really big magazine and I can't really remember. It wasn't um, Vogue or Glamour it, or... I don't know. Essence? <laughs> it wasn't Essence. Okay. Um, oh, this is terrible. Anyway, Lena Waithe, look her up. She's awesome. Yeah. Out gay um, woman. <laughs> she made mention of an article that was in intomore.com. The title of the article is why the world's biggest lesbian party is trying to rebrand itself as a women's music festival. Um, the author of this um, in short terms did a really nice job of talking through um, Dinah Shore, which is um, a lesbian basically party that takes, has taken place over the last like three or so decades and um, in Palm Springs, it's this past weekend, 
Um, and right now it's get, there's a number of other competitors that are coming up and one of them is Crave Spring Break. Um, one of the, the bitch about this is the creators of Dinosaur, essentially in this article, and they had, um, they talk about like trying to be more inclusive of um, other women and other identities along the lesbian queer spectrum. And one of the things that was presented in this article is the CEO and editor-in-chief of Dapper Q, which is a, an online platform and they do fashion shows for queer women around like dapper clothing and like bow ties and like the mix of that. Um, and it's, a, it's actually a really big name and brand. Um, they were, they got a, a reach out from the creators and the people who work for Dinah Shore to put on this event to say like, we want to bring some other elements into the weekend. And they were trying to get them to do a fashion show and a viewing. And then it comes out from the CEO person that they were basically told that Dinah Shore didn't have a budget and wasn't going to be able to pay for anything. And I'm like, this makes no yeah. sense at all. Um, first of all, I've been to Dinosaur once and that was enough. Um, it was fun. <coughs> but there's so much pe- so many people and so much fucking money walking around that place. Like it is expensive. Um, and it's not really accessible. Like I certainly had to save for that bad boy. Um, and be- it was easier in California because we drive there, but um, it was interesting that they said that, interesting slash not really, that they said we don't have the budget for this. When you see all this money, they have big sponsors. They have like alcohol companies that are sponsors. Like one year, I think it was Smirnoff. And I'm like, how are you saying you don't have money? And <laughs> this sounds like the fire Festival. <laughs> right? Um, <laughs> but they do have money because they make money for this. Tickets are like 300 bucks for the weekend. Um, and then it was just another example of, and the creators of Dinah Shore are white women and the CEO and editor-in-chief of Dapper is a, uh, I believe she's a black queer woman. Um, but I'm like, really, you're going to try to um, steal the labor of a person of color when you're trying to increase your audience to include more people of color. This is not the way to do it. And if you think this wasn't going to get out, you were clearly mistaken. But my boss to this is um, the folks who came up with Crave um, Spring Break Weekend. It's, just, it's the same weekend, um, but it's certainly geared more towards um, being inclusive and having artists that reflect the attendees. So there's a lot more black and brown folks. There's a lot more um, accessibility. The tickets are like damn near half the cost. Um, you're still in Palm Springs. You're at a different hotel. Um, so shout out to the creators of that. One of them is Whitney Mixter, and there's another woman whose name I could not find online. Mm. Um, one of them, Whitney Mixter, was on The Real L Word several years ago when it was on Showtime. I think she was on all four or five seasons. Um, but I just appreciate there being an alternative that's reasonable for people um, to have access to something that is more reasonably priced. And you're going to see more people who look like you. Now, right. are some of the things there that happen, in my opinion, problematic? Yes, because I'm stuffy and I am uh, an old person trapped in my body. Um, but still, <laughs> it's an alternative and I really appreciate it. So shout out to Whitney. Shout out to um, Crave Spring Break for making an alternative for people to actually show up and bringing artists that look like the people who are actually there um, and who are actually doing good things and may not be the most mainstream. So that was kind of a lot. Thanks for listening. Um, but yeah, those are my bosses and bitches. Had a lot to say. Been sick, reading a lot. So yeah. 
All right. So that is the close of our episode. Uh, please keep listening to us to to us wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, we're on SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and uh, many other more platforms. Uh, Apple Podcasts, that was the other one. <laughs> <laughs> the most important one. And then, you know, please uh, write us reviews. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, send us any questions, comments, or concerns, or games to headbosspodcast at gmail.com. And then follow us on our lovely Facebook Twitter and Instagram. We're very active on all three platforms. We hope you have a good one and we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye. Bye.